Hi, I'm Jeff Grayson. This is the second half of a two-part interview. The guys have left the locker room. The halftime adjustments have been made. I think we can expect nothing less than 110%. It's season four of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. My name is Jim Martin. As always, with my co-host, Chris Beyer. Hello. Today, we are welcoming someone who has a degree from Princeton University. Chris, did you know that? Uh, no, I just learned that myself. Okay. And uh, New York University, maybe most importantly, our UW-Milwaukee. Arguably, his biggest accomplishment is the mayor of our fine city of Wauwatosa, Mr. Dennis McBride, joined us today. Thanks for being here, Mr. Mayor. Thank you very much. How's it going tonight? It's going great. I'm with two nice guys having a good conversation. Well, we appreciate that. Always with the politic, and I like it. Right. <laughs> so, um, so okay, so we're in the second half of our interview. It's going to get a little lighter. It was a little pretty heavy last time, which was we covered a lot of great stuff. But uh, this, this one we're going to try and keep a little bit lighter. Um, we're going to start off with high school sports. So uh, I understand from talking with Chris that you were a track star from our alma mater, uh, Wauwatosa East. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I, uh, I actually competed on the basketball team. I was on varsity basketball. Nobody remembers that, fortunately. <laughs> um, I was uh, second team all-conference as a pitcher for the Tosi's baseball team. But uh, my greatest talent, I guess, was running uh, long distances for Tosi East. And I'm looking right now at something that I'm surprised and delighted by, which is the plaque copy of the plaque that appears in the Wauwatosis Hall of Fame uh, says cross-country track baseball class of 72. I was on the first team from Wauwatosis East to win a state championship. After the after Wauwatosa High School split into East and West, we were the first Tosis team to win, and that was in 1972 we won the state track championship. Very cool. Very cool. Yes. You did the, the, probably the half mile, the mile, the two mile, right? Right. Jim and I have always been involved in individual sports that are team sports, like track and field or swimming and things like that. Mm -hmm. Do you really think that sports like those, are they ever really team sports or is there just so much an individual aspect to it that you really don't get that same feel that you would get from a baseball team or a football team? Well, uh, the answer, the short answer is yes. And I'll explain why. I, again, I played on basketball teams. I played on baseball teams and I competed in track and cross country. Um, well, baseball is a sport where uh, you've got nine people doing nine different things and they bat individually. Uh, there's a pitcher and a catcher. They do very different things. And then you've got guys at different positions that have to do very different things. There are a lot of different skill sets, but at the end of the day, it's all a team sport. Um, cross country is fascinating because you have people who run as individuals, but their, their, uh, places count for points. And so the team really matters there. Uh, you get people who may not finish in the top ranks, but where they finish still uh, depends, uh, factors into the team score. I love track and field because it's a three ring circus. So you've got guys pole vaulting and jumping and sprinting and hurdling and running distances and, shot putting and all that, all very different sizes and shapes and all that. But I will tell you the most intense 
team experience I ever had was that 1972 track and field team. We all came with our individual talents. We, we uh, won the suburban conference relays. We won the suburban conference championship. We won the regional title. We won the sectional title. And then we won the state title. We were a, a juggernaut and we were all very different at uh, the five of us who went to state. I was a miler. Uh, Chuck Busing was a discus thrower. John Morgan was a shot putter. Dennis Brown and Craig Nolinsky were hurdlers. So we brought our individual talents and we want to, we won as a team. All of our points and everything mattered. So uh, what I've told my children, none of whom really pursued sports, I said, if you're not going to be in sports, be in something where you're a, on a team, whether it's the orchestra or the band or theater or whatever else, be on a team, have one goal. The, our goal was to win the state championship. In theater, it's to put on the best damn play that ever was put on at Tosi East. To win, uh, they have uh, uh, the, the state awards now. That I think they call them Tommies. Uh, you know, there are there are ways to to work as a team to play the perfect symphony if you're in the orchestra. So, my kids did that. They knew what a team was. So, you bring your individual talents to an orchestra too. Somebody's playing the drums, somebody's playing the violin, someone's playing something else. But at the end of the day, you're making beautiful music. You're, you're doing it all. You're hitting the right notes at the right time. So um, that's really my team philosophy. Yeah, uh, Chris and I both ran cross country and track and uh, we're distance guys and everything. And it just now occurred to me that, you know, I wonder, I bet there's a lot of people out there who don't realize that cross country specifically, I think they understand the, the team concept in track and field. Mm-hmm. But I bet in cross country, they don't realize that a lot of people, that that's a team sport, that there are, yeah. like you said, there are points for different places and you don't have to have the winner of the race and you can still have your team win the, win the, win the, the meet. Yeah. Every guy on that cross country team matters. Right. I also subscribe to the philosophy that be on some type of team activity because uh, the things that I've learned through, I also played baseball. You learn certain skills playing team sports or doing team activities that you don't necessarily learn anywhere else. So let me say this kind of an opposite viewpoint of what I just said, which is you hear people say that sports is emphasized too much in high schools and that perhaps Mm -hmm. these should be club sports and people can go do that on their own time. And why take away from school budgets and school time to deal with sports? Is, is that an argument you see at all? I do, and I subscribe to some of it. But I'll say this as well, that um, we had some family difficulties when I was growing up. And my parents pushed uh, education, and we all are highly educated people among the seven of us. But what I've always said is it's really important for every kid to have something that he or she can be successful at. For some kids, it's going to be getting straight A's in school. Some, it's going to be running track and finishing first in a sprint. For others, it might be art. It might be music. It might be dance. It might be theater. It might be the chess club. We've got to provide opportunities for kids to find out what they're good at and what what motivates them and what keeps them in school. So uh, I do think sports are overemphasized, but I don't think that means throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I I think it just means getting the proper balance. I was really excited. I work with the Tosi East uh, kids in what's called we, the We the People competition, where the kids, uh, juniors, work on uh, competing on 
issues regarding the U.S. Constitution. And the Tosa West team just finished fourth in the country, wow. which is fabulous. Out yeah. of 50, they beat the California schools. Um, the Tosa East team almost cracked the top 12. We sent two teams to Washington. They did a fabulous job. And these are the smartest kids around, the hardest working kids. Not Some of them are in sports, but a lot of them aren't. They, they talk about a team. Wow, it's a team effort. They just, uh, uh, you know, we should all be proud of those kids. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I was at, uh, we, we have a, the wall of inspiration at Tosa East, and I was the master of ceremonies. And uh, before we got into honoring the, the people we were going to put on the wall that day, the uh, We the People team from Tosa East had just uh, done a great job again at the Nationals, and they were honored. The kids uh, in the auditorium all went crazy. And then the the chess club had finished, uh, I think, fourth in the country or something, fifth or something. And the kids went absolutely ape. And I thought, wow, do I love these kids because they're honoring not just the sports kids, the quarterback on the football team. They're honoring these little, little tiny guys who are smart at chess. You know, I mean, that's everybody should have an opportunity to do something great. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, have you noticed um, participation in high school sports? Uh, is that on the decline? I don't know. I mean, I, in, in our community, it's uh, football is on the decline. Soccer has been going up and up and up over the years. Hmm. Um, okay. But I still see an awful lot of kids competing, and uh, there are more opportunities. What what actually, I, I'm so old that girls weren't allowed to compete when I started in high school, and then that came in. I think when I was a junior and uh, I got inspired by the girls, there were, there were some terrific athletes and all that too. So we've added things over time. We've expanded the, the universe of, of competitors. And I think that's terrific too. So um, yeah, I was, I was just curious because I know Chris mentioned the club teams and the select teams and stuff yeah. like that. And it seems like the participation in the rec leagues is on uh decline uh, in terms of, I mean, I'm specifically right. talking about like, Tosa baseball this year, the, my son is in that. And it seems like the last few years mm. that the participation has been on a decline for that because they have these other select teams where they pay thousands of dollars and they do all this traveling and all this other stuff. Right. And, right. and so it's, it's kind of unfortunate from my perspective because not everybody's going to be that good where you got to go pay this, all this money and run around. Right. These guys just want to play baseball, you know, and, and it's, they're trying to scrap together four or five teams that are going to play. And it's kind of unfortunate. It's a very different uh, world athletically than the one I grew up in. You know, mm -hmm. we were just happy to have a coach who could throw the ball out in the field and right. give, give us some catcher's equipment so we could play a game, you know. But uh, now everything's got to be structured, and I think that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. And then the other the other thing is uh, the being so immersed in technology. I was wondering if that was perhaps pulling away from, from the sports aspect of it too. That could be. And, I, and parents are – are scared, I think, about crime. And, and, you know, we read a lot about kids getting molested or something. And so parents uh, are concerned about that. And a lot of kids uh, aren't allowed to go outside anymore as much as they used to. I mean, mm. the, when I was growing up, the mothers would just say, and it was mothers in those days, just go out and play and I'll see you at uh, dinner time." you mm -hmm. know? Yep. All right. And we'd yeah. go everywhere. And, you know, my parents didn't know half of what we were up to, which is probably a good thing much of the mm -hmm. time. But 
but uh, we seem to survive and uh, we thrive on, uh, on being able to make our own choices and ride our bikes all over the place and all the rest of it. Right. I'm, I'm a big believer in that people will say, oh, you can't let your kids do all sorts of things because times have changed. And I'm a big believer in that we've changed as parents. Times haven't changed. I think that right. things are just as dangerous now as they were back when we were kids. It's just we're far more aware of the dangers and far more afraid of it. And perhaps since families are getting smaller and parents are older when they're having their kids, I think they cling a little bit more to their kids than they used to. I agree. Like we said, everybody's so involved in, in technology. My son, he's playing video games all the time. And all these kids are playing with each other singularly in their house with each other over over headphones like we're talking here right now mm-hmm. and uh, i wonder in addition to maybe decreasing of participation i wonder if you know getting back to your days of of maybe record setting performances i wonder if we will see a decline in just performance level among kids in sports because so many kids are are so wrapped up in technology as opposed to physical activity well, that may be. I will tell you, I, I don't know whether it's a, uh, it was that or something else, but um, I'm proud to say that I used to hold uh, a dozen records at UWM, and I don't have any left. The UWM track team has been terrific since I left, but I'm still one of the 10 fastest 10,000-meter 10, runners of all time at, at UWM, mm. and that was um, 45 years ago that I ran that time. What was your mild time? Oh, I never ran faster than 416. I was, uh, when I got to college, I, I went to, uh, at the longer distances. My best races were 10,000 meters and, uh, the marathon. I was just on Saturday, I was over at Mayfair at six in the morning because, uh, there were a bunch of guys who were going to run a practice marathon and they, they heard about the Mayfair marathon, which I won twice, which was the precursor to the lakefront marathon. And they wanted me to give them the history on that. So I had some pretty good times at that. Cool, cool. Are you still you still running a lot or no? Uh, I have plantar fasciitis right now. Oh, I okay. still have a thirty inch waist. I swim th- three or four times a week, and I work out. Otherwise, if as soon as my foot heals, I'm going to run again. But uh, yes, I I'm always going to be a runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My wife was just <laughs> we just had this conversation literally yesterday. She's like, I don't understand people who run. <laughs> like, I don't get it. I don't understand what the what the deal is. Like, you're just going to run. And like, I mean, I know about exercise, but running is just not, I don't understand it. And- well, again, it goes to individual talents. I, um, I had to make myself a basketball player. I had to make myself into a baseball player. I did not have to make myself into a runner. God gave me that talent. And uh, for me, it's always been easy. I, uh, I, I have a, a very large set of lungs and a great capacity for endurance. And, and I just love to run. It just, it, it makes me happy. I can understand for people who are built differently and have different, uh, talents. Uh, they may not enjoy that. They may enjoy something else a lot more. And, and thank goodness we have biking and, and, uh, badminton and volleyball and softball and all those other things for people to do. Right. 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 Yeah. Those people with a low paid, pain tolerance that's what i was <laughs> if you're a good runner you got a high pain tolerance <laughs> my dentist once said you have the highest pain tolerance of anybody i've ever seen and i said well how do you know he said i just drilled down to the nerve and your eyes didn't cross 
<laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So, let's get a little bit back to politics here, just in the sense that, you know, what was your motivation to become a politician? You went to law school, right? Yes. And it seems to me that uh, the largest profession represented in all elected bodies is the law profession. And do you think that's a good thing? Do you think um, we need more diversity in our elective representatives? What is it about lawyers and becoming politicians that seems to be hand in glove? Actually, I think there's been a decline in lawyers uh, who are elected officials. Um, on our common council, we only have three lawyers out of 16. The legislature used to be famous for having a lot of farmers and uh, insurance salesmen. I've seen a lot more doctors in, in Congress and all that too. But I mean, lawyers are involved in the system. We, we learn the constitution. We learn the rules. We learn how to make the rules work for a client. Um, it's, it's, uh, I think inevitable that somebody who's trained that way would want to get involved in lawmaking and, and all the rest of it. For me, uh, as I said, my mother was the vice chair of the state democratic party when I was growing up. It was the air that we breathed. Um, uh, I was always passionate about racial justice and fairness and, and all that. But I also had a tremendous fascination, uh, with urban planning and development. And when I went to Princeton for my master's degree, uh, I took economics and statistics and all that, but I took urban planning courses and I took urban history and all that. And that was all by design. I wanted to come back home and uh, have an impact on my community. And one of the things I'm proudest of, which is not as a elected official, but I was involved in um, the creation of the Tosa pool at Hoyt park. I was one of the lawyers who negotiated the lease with the with the county for a 55-year lease. And uh, we created, a, a, I think, a catalytic uh, project at Hoyt Park, which showed the community that we could do great things that maybe we thought we forgot we could do. And I think it's the most popular place in Wauwatosa right now. And we, as part of that, of course, we have the, the landing beer garden. And that's a popular thing, too. So I wanted to have that kind of impact on my community. I wanted to, I wanted to have a social impact. I wanted to have a justice impact, but I also wanted to have a physical impact on the community. And I'm proud of some of the things we've done in development as well in Wauwatosa. I, I really think over the last dozen years, Wauwatosa has become a pretty amazing place. Um, I talk to people from out of town, they go, wow, I, I don't know what kind of magic dust you guys sprinkle in Wauwatosa, but can we have a bag of that to sprinkle on our communities? Because they look at the village and they look at North Avenue and they look at the things going on on the West side, uh, the Mayfair collection and, uh, you know, some of the other things we're, we're developing and they just, they're, they're shocked and delighted by what we're doing. They wish they could do it too. So um, we've, we've transformed old worn out, vacant industrial sites into something wonderful. We've transformed hundred year old buildings that were partially vacant into restaurant row on North Avenue. We've turned the village into a destination. You know, Wauwatosa is a magnet and there's a reason why people want to move here and, and pay so much money to live in our houses. Sure. Uh, specifically, and, and this is 
potentially just my perspective, but I'm on east side of Wauwatosa uh, mm-hmm. and how much that area has grown, like you said, along North Avenue and the businesses are thriving and, um, and all the effort that's gone into to making that a really uh, fantastic place to live. And like you said, I mean, houses are, are being sold before they even hit the market in this area. So my question is, um, I had actually two questions. Um, are there plans in the works to keep that going? Uh, or is it just kind of a, a, an organic thing now that, that is kind of taking off? And then the other, the other question is, is there a part of town that's sort of like next in line for that sort of overhaul? Uh, because I'd like to have a, uh, an inside scoop to get some real estate in that area you know, before that whole thing starts. So, uh, so you want to do some insider trading. So right, right. A so little you bit, you know, off the make record. a little money before you go to jail. Is that what you want to do? Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just going to buy a house, you know, okay, and, and right. just, if that area happens to go boom, then great. You yeah, know? No. So to answer your questions, um, there are always plans to do more. Um, so it's some of it's driven by the city, but a lot of it is driven by private developers. And so success breeds success. When one or two restaurants saw that they could make a lot of money on North Avenue, other restaurants came in and said, well, this is kind of a cool area. And look at, uh, it's kind of untapped. And Wauwatosa, my kids have said to me after they moved out, uh, how did Wauwatosa turn hip? It wasn't hip when we were, Right. We were going to Tosa East. Right. Uh, why couldn't you do it when we were around? Um, you know, we're attracting a lot of young families and they're mm-hmm. just, they're excited about the, the age and quality of our homes, but also the, again, these developments. So, um, people keep saying to us, well, why are you building so darn many apartments? We don't want apartments. And, and I say, look, uh, we're not planning for this in a sense. I mean, our, our comprehensive plan talks about some of this, but, the Milwaukee Regional Medical Center is is a tremendous driver of family supporting jobs. And those jobs, uh, more and more and more of those are created all the time. And most people like to live close to their jobs. So we have an awful lot of people who work at the medical center living in Wauwatosa and a lot more who want to live in Wauwatosa. We've got something like nine apartment projects um, being proposed right now by developers and they're not doing it to ruin Wauwatosa and we're not uh, listening to them because we want to ruin Wauwatosa. I've said, they always say, well, how about single family homes? And I said, well, let's look at the reef project that was built uh, off of 62nd and state some years ago. It's on a super fun site and it's next to a foundry. Nobody's going to build a single family home there. Um, The Mayfair reserve was built on the hall Chevrolet site. Uh, so that's got contaminated soil and it's the site is between a railroad, a freeway and North Avenue. Nobody's going to build single family homes there. Um, there's a site now in the village area, the Western Buildings Product site that is a heavily contaminated site. It's been an industrial site for 150 years. It's next to a railroad track. Nobody is proposing to build single family homes there. And I don't think anybody wants to build and wants to live in a single family home there. Um, but uh, this isn't being driven by the city. This is being driven by the demand for housing near employment. And it's those things are near uh, the Milwaukee Regional Medical Center. And, of course, Wautos is 15 minutes from downtown. And these are also along transit routes. So um, that's why uh, Wauwatosa is such a, a boom town is because we're in the middle of everything and we're close to everything and people want to they want the quality of homes we have. They want the quality of apartments that are being built. And they want 
the Mayfair collection and the restaurants and all that. Um, so some of that is by design and some of it is because success breeds success. Forget to mention the home of bait and switch podcast. Doesn't yeah. that go without saying? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you mentioned quality homes. Uh, another thing everybody's interested is schools. Now we've had right. some updates to some of our schools, McKinley, Underwood, Lincoln, and Wilson, I believe are the four. Do you anticipate uh, that there'll be a move to update some of the other schools? Well, actually, all of the schools have had some updates. It's just that Underwood, McKinley, Lincoln, and Wilson are the ones that have had uh, total rebuilds. Um, those are the schools that are either the oldest or in the worst shape. Um, even though McKinley was built at the same time as Roosevelt, I was told that the building was literally about to fall down. So it, they just needed to redo that. Lincoln was the oldest school. Uh, it, uh, it was built in 1919. So the, some of those buildings really needed uh, more TLC than others. But, uh, you know, Jefferson School, which is a block from my house, uh, got some major updates to its uh, HVAC system and some other things. All the schools got some you know, new boilers or a new roof or something. So, um, you know, it was $125 million. That was one of the biggest referendums in Wisconsin history. And that's an awful lot to swallow. And I heard some complaints about that, but that's a sign of young people moving in and, and their willingness to, to invest in their children's future. Uh, some years ago, we were talking about spending money to build the new playground at Hart Park near the amphitheater. And, uh, I actually turned some votes around uh, in favor of the project because I said, this isn't a playground. This is economic development. When people see that we have a beautiful main park with an amphitheater, a million dollar amphitheater and a beautiful playground and a beautiful running track and stadium and tennis courts and all that, what they see is a city that loves its children and loves its residents. That's what's going to make people want to live in Wauwatosa. You need to invest in yourself if you're going to believe in yourself and you, and you love your children and, you, and if you want your community to thrive. We raised money years ago to, and I was involved with this, uh, to uh, fix up the Little Red store. And I said to my children who asked me, why am I doing that? And I said, because each generation takes care of this city and it was my turn to do this and it's going to be your turn next. And I told the kids that when I was the MC at the pool opening too, I said, we just entered into a 55-year lease. Uh, when that's over, you guys are going to have to build the new pool. It's passing the baton. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I want to ask a little bit more of a controversial question here. Um, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. I understand. Uh, if you don't want to alienate yourself from half of your constituents, I understand that. Uh, it's a very explosive topic on next door, but I just want to make sure that nobody can say that we don't ask the hard-hitting questions here on the Bait and Switch podcast and that we don't attack the controversial subjects. Uh, we, I don't want to hear that from anybody. So, Mr. Mayor, my question to you is, if your garbage cart is out on the curb, how do you feel about somebody putting their bag of dog poop into your garbage can? Uh, I don't do it. But I, don't, I wouldn't mind it if they put it in the garbage can. What I do mind is when people let their dogs poop on my lawn and they don't pick it up. I'd be very happy if they picked it up and put it in my garbage cart. Mr. Mayor, how often is your day 
uh, full of little complaints like this? Do people That's call right. up and say, we right. want to talk to the mayor about little disputes like this? Is this something that happens? Yes, you'd be amazed. Uh, we have complaints where neighbors can't get along. We have dog poop complaints. We get, uh, you know, a various, a variety of things. But, um, you know, someone recently talked about how a lot of mayors are resigning around the country or not running for re-election because of all the challenges of the last year. And somebody in the New York Times made the point that local government is the closest thing to people, to the voters. You know, we can talk about Joe Biden and Donald Trump and all the rest of it, but what really matters on a day-to-day basis is, is my garbage getting picked up? Is my recycling getting picked up? Is my snow getting plowed? Are they picking up the leaves? Are they pruning the trees? Fundamentally, what we do at the city level is we provide police and fire protection. We maintain the roads and we collect garbage and, and other kinds of waste matter. Those are the things that really affect people every day. So do you ever go on the Nextdoor website? No, I was okay. on Nextdoor many years ago, and it's such a cesspool that I Isn't decided I wasn't going to swim in that pool anymore. Right. One of the things I hate is there is a lot of racism on, on Nextdoor. They go, oh, I just saw a black kid with a hoodie yeah. walking down 68th Street. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just saw my son with a hoodie walking down 70th Street, but nobody nobody went on Nextdoor to report him. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to ask the, the question they always ask uh, politicians, which is, do you aspire to a higher office? I've been <laughs> been asked that many times. Uh, I'm heading towards 68 years old. Uh, my shelf life is expiring pretty soon. I don't have any great um, ambitions, although my twin brother uh, was pushing me for uh, governor the other day, and my wife was screaming, no, no, tell him to go to hell. So, uh, uh, you know, there are always people who the people who like you always want you to run for president and the people who hate you wish you'd uh, disappear. So uh, one day at a time, I'm just trying to do the right thing for good old Wauwatosa. Right. My wife's question is, uh, what's your favorite fish fry? Oh, uh, well, I used to love Turner Hall. I haven't done as many fish fries lately. Um, and Serb Hall was great, but that's closing down. Um, so right now I got to look for a new fish fry. Yeah. Uh, does she have a recommendation? I would say Wauwatiki has a really good fish fry. I was going to say North Avenue Grill has a good one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We just had that one a couple of weeks ago. That one's also good. It yeah. seems like, you know, I've, I hear about all these. And, and I've, actually, the Greek church on 76th Street also has a really good fish fry. Oh, okay. Um, yep. So, Saints uh, Constantine and Helen. Right. I was... I yep. lived in that neighborhood, so I remember okay. when it was built. Oh, wow. Okay. So, all right. So, there you go. So, there's three good fish fries for our listeners. Um, okay. The last couple of things quick. I'm going to make this quick. Uh, I'm just curious, when you were a lawyer, did you ever get the chance to say, Your Honor, I'd like to treat the witness as hostile? No, I never did. Okay. Did you ever uh, get to bang your hand on the desk and stand up and say, Objection? Well, I didn't slam my hand because judges don't like that, but I did object. The most fun thing I ever did as a lawyer was when when I worked for a federal judge my first year out of law school, which is a pretty prestigious thing. And I was the guy who got to come through the door before the judge and I'd say, all rise. Oh. And everybody would have to stand up. So all that right. was pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, well, these are all things I saw on TV. So I figured that it sure. probably happens in the courtroom, most likely. 
So. Oh, sure. L.A. Law and uh, sure. Judge, yeah, the, Judge Judy. The, Judge know. Judy. You know. <laughs> how, how about that? Could you take over Judge Judy's spot? <laughs> Judge how about Judy's that? Spot. Do you aspire to that? <laughs> sure. Judge Dennis. <laughs> Depends on how much they pay me. I think Judge Judy gets well compensated. Yep, that's dad. probably more that's than the thirty thousand dollars I get as mayor. Right, right, right. All right. Well, Mr. Mayor, we appreciate your time tonight. That's going to wrap things up. I, I believe we've sufficiently covered all of my questions for you. So sure. uh, we really appreciate your time, and sure. uh, yeah, thanks for being here. It's been a lot of fun, and if you want to do any follow-ups or whatever, you know where to reach me. But Absolutely. Uh, thank you for uh, the opportunity. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast when we talk with friend of the show, Mitch Tyke. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch Podcast. Spread the word.